Welcome. 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 Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Well, here we are again. Tuesday. It is Tuesday, and it's time for Baseball Mainly. Because sometimes we talk about our stuff. Well, especially during the the, the uh, off season, there's really not much. Well, besides the oh, free agents, there's stuff, a but, ton to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and with us today, already talking with me is Corey Sir Patrick Stewart, my favorite Star Wars character, or is that Star Trek? At uh, Star Trek, I would either it's Star Trek. Yes. 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 The Next Generation. Uh-huh. Is that what it That's is? That's right. Sir good, Patrick. Good on Stewart. you. Yeah. Make it so. And also with us today, Ethan the Statman Perlman. Yep. And it's just the three of us today. It is. It is. Uh, our guest that was going to be on today, unfortunately, we had we had to reschedule. So it's okay. We'll, we'll be getting him we'll be getting him on uh, yeah. in the new year. Yeah. Well, we could have had uh, Joe on today. It's okay. But uh, I didn't ask him, and he's probably still in bed. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Joey. He's probably listening yeah, right now. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. Well, we uh, uh, we need to mention that we. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we are hurting for a member of our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buzz Van Houten lost uh, lost his son last week, and uh, funeral happened to be today, the day that we're doing this. And and uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to Buzz and Tracy, and mm-hmm. and uh, we just pray that uh, they'll get some comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, love you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's get back to baseball. Uh, and, and before I start weeping here, um, you know, uh, baseball isn't life, and that's the nice thing about this show. It isn't life. It's, it isn't. It's fun. It is. And we. It's great that because we have no um, real baseball talent around this table. Uh, we get I to would beg to differ. Wait a minute. I would beg to differ. Those who do. We have footage of both of you. Well, Him we hitting. have footage of you. <laughs> say we have good footage, and you actually play in leagues with yeah. other People. fine gentlemen <laughs> that have talent. So to say that there isn't talent around this table is a little falsified information. Well, it's. Uh, it, I think I've told you this story. I got on the uh, on the uh, on the uh, training table mm-hmm. at uh, I don't know where it was. Probably somewhere in Fort Myers. Sure. We were playing in one of the tournaments, and uh, I jump up on the table. I tell the trainer, I said, "Man, you know my hammies are really tight. Can you stretch this out for me?" And he, you know, he takes my leg and he starts pushing it up and pushing it and pushing it and he says man you're you're pretty flexible for somebody your age oh <laughs> how young was this guy uh he was in his probably late 20s oh maybe early 30s i mean he was and he was a jock and you know he was used to seeing big league guys or at least minor league guys down there that uh they come into JetBlue or to Hammond Stadium. And yeah, I get it. But you're in your. Tw- Here's the thing. I don't think, and no offense, Ethan, uh, anybody in their 20s, wait until you start getting a little bit older before you make start making those assumptions. Well, he wasn't putting me down. No, well, he, was, no. he was trying to compliment me. He just hurt my feelings. <laughs> and, and Corey, I'm a 20 year old, though, but I'm in like a 40 year old man's body. That is I, very I, I got, I got true. Two bad knees. Yeah. 
I got a bad back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ethan is an old man at heart. Well, you know, the guy who was slugging the ball when we went took batting practice was Stephen in the booth. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that guy's a slugger. Uh, tell you what. Yeah, he was doing better than all of us. He actually, I think I maybe had a couple of balls go past the infield. <laughs> he had most of his go out. He was smoking it. Now, uh-huh. There were there were some other guys there, you know, that were, yeah, they were they were bulls, man. Yeah, they, oh yeah, they could they could rake. Yep. And uh, uh, you know, we just I tried to keep keep quiet, get get, get in, get out. Mm-hmm. Didn't want didn't want Rosemont to make too much fun of me. <laughs> well, uh, this this uh, this day in baseball history. In the year 2000. You guys were born then, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Uh, year 2000, city and club officials announced the plans for financing and constructing a new downtown Miami uh, stadium with a retractable roof for the Marlins. The state-of-the-art $385 million stadium will seat approximately four hundred or 40,000 people with 60 luxury suites. Includes a 40-year lease and an agreement to rename the team from the Florida Marlins to the Miami Marlins. Do you think that when they were coming up with this, that they knew that there was going to be a fish tank around the back? No, <laughs> no that was a. It was a tear. It's, no, it's ugly. So, it's so, ugly. Here, here's my knowledge of the National League. Uh-huh. They're the Miami Marlins. <laughs> Well, and the, uh, the the worst part is I thought they were still the Florida Marlins. They uh, for the second straight year also they're moving in the the outfield fences. Yeah. Oh, this is where uh, this is where Jeter's mm-hmm. an owner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're oh, yeah. putting uh, down uh, new turf. I read this somewhere today. Yes. Yeah, yeah yep. they're putting it on new turf, but uh, that place is to, from watching some of the games and and you know it's ugly. What, it's not. It's ugly. Um, it's very well. First of all, to have a retractable roof, you kind of have to because it's what you know, ninety degrees with ninety percent humidity, if not more, in Miami. And you know, you never know when there's just going to be a hurricane that just comes I'm, rolling I'm, I'm, by. I'm not saying the retractable roof is ugly. No, no, the I know. Inside of the stadium, just well, no, what happens when looks... somebody bombs one? Like when Giancarlo Stanton was still with them, when he used to bomb them all the way out. What's out in center field, Ethan? What's that? What's that? That be- is that bizarre looking. looking... <laughs> I have no idea. What it's like a marlin that's like jumping out of a rainbow it's or something. Ugly. It's ugly. We need to take it down. So you're saying we need to go to Miami and go watch a ball game? Sure, sounds good. Okay. Well, let's do give it. Me, give let's me a do it in the next first. month or so. Yeah, okay? when it's not. Hey, Get me, me a blindfold and I'll go with you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'd be happy. I'll go there and sit for two hours just to get warm. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2012, there was a seven-player swap that included a team that should have a retractable roof that doesn't. I mean. I don't know that I would say that. I but, would say it. Um, you got minor leaguers Travis Darno, Noah Syndergaard, and John Buck, along with outfielder Wilmer. Doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> he, he hasn't been heard from since. Going from the Blue Jays to the New York Mets in exchange for, at that time, uh, Cy Young Award winner R.A. Dickey, as well as Josh Tolley and Mike Nickies. Uh, New York decides to deal the 38-year-old knuckleballer after he won the NL Cy Young and with a year remaining on his contract for two of Toronto's top prospects. I totally forgot about that, that Ari Dickey was with the Mets at the time when he was kind of being 
when he was really being when he was when everybody was flashed about the stupid knuckleball, right? Or am I am I thinking no, something? No, you're you're thinking right. Yeah, I'm just I, I just the way you're I, putting I, it. I just totally forgot because you know, in my mind, going back on Ra Dickey and and everybody was like, you can't be hit because of the knuckleball and every and you, the crazy highlights that was going on and well deserved Cy Young. But I, I totally I always remember Ra Dickey now as a, as a Blue Jay. Uh, than than a, than a Met because he it was a not that long of a tenure that he had with the Mets. Yeah, it's uh, it, knuckleball is kind of like uh, it's, it's one of those pitches that a lot depends on the weather, mm-hmm. right? What's the humidity? Mm-hmm. Uh, how hot is it out? I mean, it affects how the ball moves, right? And it, you remember the catchers? They they wear gloves for a knuckleballer. It looks it was bigger than a first baseman's mitt. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a yeah, big yeah, mitt. yeah, yeah. And they still miss the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and if you ever play catch with somebody who can throw a knuckleball, don't. Because <laughs> it's just not a smart idea. I, I had a, I had a buddy of mine. He was trying to you know show me. Here's how I want you to like track the knuckleball. Just move the glove with wherever the ball goes. I said, well, at the last second, the last one, the ball was right here. And next thing I know, it's at my crop. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does anybody in the room know how to throw one? I've, uh, tri- I've tried. I, it doesn't I, work. I don't do it well. No. You know, I long ago, uh-huh. uh, we would have these guys that went to Tiger Fantasy Camp. We'd get together over at what used to be Bentley High School in Livonia, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And on, on a Saturday, a few Saturdays during the summer, we would get together and we'd play baseball. Mm-hmm. We'd just pick up teams and play. Good old sandlot rules. Yeah, and, uh, but it was a nice field. And we and Mickey Lolich would come over on his motorcycle and sit and make fun of us. Yeah. But if you could get Mickey out on the mound, of course, once you got him out on the mound, you couldn't get him off. Yeah. And it was wonderful. I mean, how cool is that to be have this... Guy who played in the major leagues, that's that's one of your your all time favorites, mm-hmm. throwing to you. Yeah, and every once in a while he'd make a, mix a knuckleball in, and it moved. Yeah, I mean, a guy, and I think that uh, probably in the '68 series, he mixed quite a few of those in in that third game because right. his arm had to be falling off. Sure, uh, and it's supposed to be a lot easier on your arm. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a guy here, Steve Sparks, who, who who had some success with the Tigers that threw a knuckleball. He did real well. But not many guys throw that anymore. No, uh, and I don't. Uh, and I think it's because Major League Baseball is in love with velocity. Yeah, they want that. They want yeah. But you know what though? The swings and misses on those things are just fun to watch. But if if you don't have the right atmospheric conditions, mm-hmm. it's just sitting there on a tee. Yep, that's right. And uh, you know, some days, as they say, some days you're the dog, and some days you're the tree. Yeah, <laughs> and that that's the story. What's of the, the what's the proper what's the proper grip? I have no idea. Yeah, because I can't throw it. I was always told that it's always kind of right in these first first knuckles and trying to get the ball as much here. And then when you're releasing, you're basically just pushing. You're just pushing out the knuckleball. But that, I mean, everybody else had. I mean, I think you have to be pretty smart to throw that. So I'm eliminated. I can't. uh, I'm not a knuckleballer. Big hands. I don't have hands enough for them. Speaking of the Mets, the Mets just signed a couple guys, right? I mean, they they signed Rick Porcello last week, which uh, I believe we did talk about. They also That's an signed, interesting move. Um, they also signed Michael Waka, well, yeah. one of my pitchers in the draft. Waka Waka, and uh, they're talking about Dylan Batances. Batances. I actually just got an alert on my phone. The Mets are not in on Dylan Batances. No. There, there is there has been rumors that they have been, but they have remained saying that they are not in on him. 
Yeah. What is the what, Mets in on? I'm con- what, I mean, what, they, what, they, what they are need, they trying they need to do? Bullpen help. But yeah. one thing that they can consider doing now, having signed Rick Porcello and uh, Michael Waka, is either trading a starter, which they have right now seven guys competing for five rotation spots, mm-hmm. move two guys to the bullpen. Yeah. Or, you know, if they do end up trading one of their one of their starters that are that is lesser known or yeah. less of a commodity, including a younger player like a uh, not not Michael Conforter, uh, Brandon Nimmo uh-huh. or, or of sorts, and trying to get a, a haul of you know two two relievers, hmm. which seems to be more or less the way to go. Well, they've they've made some room on their uh, in, on their payroll. They've they renegotiated with Cespedes. Mm-hmm. So who knows? You know, maybe it's the year of the Mets. Oh man, do you think uh, Porcello is going to end his career with uh, the Mets? He's from New Jersey. Could be. Yeah. Who knows? I, you know, uh, who knows how long a major league career is? Uh, yeah. Joey had me watching uh, on the MLB Channel last mm-hmm. night. Uh, it was a documentary about the uh, life and career of Johnny Bench. Wow, it was really interesting. That's awesome. And Bench, uh, about five years into his career, I mean, he'd had great numbers. Here's a guy hitting 40 home runs, 140 RBI. Mm-hmm. He was a star. It's amazing for a catcher. You know, today we're we're talking about catchers batting 220, hitting 15 home runs, just being great catchers, and we're happy. Yeah. This guy not only was a great catcher with a great arm. I mean, he he could rake. Yeah. Well, and he finds out he's got a spot on his lung. They go in. They have to take out you know part of his uh, rib cage. They, they, there's you know, it was a couple-hour operation. Yeah. Turned out to be benign, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But it changed his career. He wasn't the same hitter after that. Sure. And uh, I think probably from favoring that, other things became an issue. Mm-hmm. You, know, you guys know if uh, if you get you get sore somewhere and you start favoring it, something else starts hurting. Oh, totally. And so he started having arm problems and mm-hmm. whatever, but he still had an amazing career. Um that's what fantastic. A on the ML, MLB network? Yeah. yeah I'd recommend take, uh, it. I'll I'd have to look it up. Yeah. It. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a single dad right now, has two young kids. Wow. I thought it was very interesting how he got them up. He makes breakfast for him, gets them off to school. <laughs> and, you know, Johnny Bench is not a young guy. No, right. And uh, one other thing about just since we're talking about it. Sure. Um, when he was a senior in high school. Mm hmm. Um, you know, all of his life, all they said he was going to, I'm going to be a major league baseball player. While he was a senior in high school, they're on a bus, coming or going from a game, and there's a big hill in this little town, I think it's called Binder, Oklahoma, where he's from, like a thousand people live there. They're coming down a hill and the brakes go out. Coach is driving the bus, he can't stop it, hits something, hits a curb or something, the bus rolls over several oh, times. Jeez. And the guy who's telling the story about what happened, one of Bush, uh, one of uh, Bench's uh, buddies on the team, Bench is holding on to him. Wow. And when the bus stopped, Bench's legs are just about out the back door, and two of the guys on the team are dead. Wow. So we might never have known a Johnny Bench had, yeah. you know, had things been a little different. That sure. Day. If he's sitting in a different seat, seat yeah. You know, whatever. You never know. You never know what life's going to throw at you. Exactly. Hey, uh, well, we ought to, uh, on that somber note, we ought to talk about something that makes me happy. 
because we have a great a great sponsor today, mm-hmm. uh, Century Mortgage Lending. Uh, great people. They do a great job. If you're thinking about refinancing or buying, you need to jump in. Um, you know, today housing starts were up two hundred thousand over what they were expected to be. The economy is humming. Stock market's strong. When that happens, likelihood of the Fed pushing rates up becomes greater as the thoughts of inflation probably starting to flare up. The Fed will move rates up. Rates are low. It's a good time to jump in. Call Century Mortgage Lending, 248-258-4977. Good time to refinance your house. Get into that lower rate. If you're thinking about buying a house, call them. Get pre-approved before you go out and look so you know what you can afford to buy, what you can get approved for. 248-258-4977. Or you can catch them on the web at CenturyML.com. They're NMLS number 134525. Century Mortgage Lending, 248-258-4977. Boy, I wish that guy's got pipes, doesn't he? Yeah, you do. You do have pipes. And every time I jump in a car, I hear it. It's just show up, sign up, and ride. (laughs) Love listening to Buzz. Well, some free agency signings going on. Ethan's going to keep us up to date on it because... I can't, I can't follow. Right. I bet, how many how many free agents were there at the end of the season? Oh, oh, overall, around two hundred. Wow, more than that actually. So we did a little draft the other day, mm-hmm. which we're gonna we're gonna present before the season starts, mm-hmm. and let you know who can pick them and who can't. Hey now, among this trio. Well, hey now, yeah. wait a minute. We can't <laughs> we can't judge that until we actually get into the season. I think we can judge a no, few of can't. these picks. Lies. Tom Masway had a field day judging a few of those. Yeah, picks. Yeah, well, well I, 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 I want everybody to uh, really pay attention <laughs> to this when it comes on because. Because the commentators were outstanding, we had we had pro commentators, pro commentators talking about the, the selection. Non-paid pro commentators. I, oh, I, I, th- I thought you gave him a one of my guys. A sandwich, a half a sandwich. I noticed last night one of my guys signed with the Twins, Sergio Romo. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I just I, yeah. I, I want you to know he's agreeing to a deal. It's not not done I didn't, yet. I, I didn't pick the the the. The spotlight type players you sure, guys pick. Sure. I pick guys that are true and proven performers. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Sure. And then when Ethan wins, he's just gonna rub what, it in what, our face. What? What? Why are we automatically giving hey, Ethan? You know the funny thing is, but they'll have to watch the, the you know the program anyways to see it. Is when it came down to the commentators deciding who had the best team. Versus who had the worst team? I wasn't even mentioned for either one. I kind of took offense to that. I, it's mm. good to be a sleeper. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, I like I, to be an underdog. I, I want you to know that these guys had the first picks, and they took the two sexy ones, Baumgartner it, it, wait, and hold, Garrett Cole. Hold on. You took a sexy pick with the second overall pick. Who did I pick? Anthony Rendon. Yeah. Is that that's, sexy? That's, that's, yeah. yeah. With that contract, yeah. 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 Without a doubt. I'll yeah. tell you who I liked that I picked better than any of my other... Well, there are two guys that I Ronnie really, Rodriguez. really am high on. Ronnie Rodriguez. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't in the I know he wasn't, but... <laughs> I really like Edwin Encarcino, Encarcio. Uh-huh. And I really like my second baseman. Dozier? Brian Dozier. Mm-hmm. I like both those guys. They're going to give me power, a lot of home runs, 
I think that uh, and, you know, and the other dark horse I took, Avasiel Garcia, he just got signed. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So well, Corey, Corey, Corey did, did, had a trend with his team. Though. Hey now, he did. Hey now. He did have a trend with his team. Yeah, it was all either former Tigers, former Tigers <laughs> or guys that were unsure are going to play in the major leagues yep. or over in Japan. How's Jacoby Ellsbury looking? He's looking great. He's going to be a comeback player. So, so what happens if if one of your guys ends up in so, Japan or out of baseball? Uh, yeah, you get a pick from the you have you have to you have to physically first drop them. Well, and, let's tell the audience, though, well, that it yeah. is a free agent draft, as in every free agent, and even because they've some have signed since we did the draft, the free agent market, not anybody that's currently on a team. So nobody could have picked up like a Cabrera or a Verlander or former Tigers. <laughs> yeah, I know. You were wanting Mike yeah, Trout, yeah, yeah, Corey. Yeah. You wanted Mike, Mike Trout. Trout. We so know. we don't have those players in this fantasy Correct. draft, but uh, we, we have these... These free agents that could possibly make or break our teams. And another added piece to this whole thing, which will be, you know, announced during the the actual launch of Mm -hmm. the production, is going to be that each one of us is picking a charity to if our team wins, we're gonna be, you know, collecting donations, getting a big pot together. And whoever's team comes in first gets a percentage of the pot, and then second and third will also get a percentage. And the donations will strictly 100% go hundred percent go to the charities. Our charities, which is which is good. Well, I, it, that's good because uh, you know my wife's uh, oh you're doing a fantasy baseball draft. Is that gambling? You know, she's worried. She's worried I'm going to become some big gambler or something. No, we're having fun, and uh, we'll try to do some good with having fun. Yeah, exactly. But um, we also want bragging rights, so I'm just saying. We like bragging rights here. And one day, one day I might actually have a chance to brag. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because Corey wanted to in- originally initiate the draft order by predictions, by previous predictions we have made on the show. It kind of fell that I way. I mean, we we ended up we ended pick, up we ended up overall. doing the lottery in the sense that Corey has had the worst predictions ever. So he Not got the so, worst. So he got the most of his team's name in the pot. I had the middle. Jess had the least because Jess ended up picking the World Series winners. Uh huh. And uh, Jess still got to pick ahead of me, which I'm <laughs> only slightly salty about. But. Well, uh, tell us about some of these free agents. Uh, what's going on with Madison Bumgarner? So my guy, Madison Bumgarner, signed a five or agreed to a five-year, eighty-five million dollar deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So mm-hmm. he'll be staying out in the NL West. Interesting. Meanwhile, Reds signed Wade Miley to a two-year, fifteen million dollar deal, which is a sneaky good deal. If Wade Miley returns to the Wade Miley of the first three months of last year, well, let's. Yeah. I, I looked up his stats. In 167 and a third innings, he had 140 strikeouts, had a 3.98 ERA, mm-hmm. and a 134 WHIP. I'll take would, that. The, would the Tigers take that? Oh my goodness, they'd be thrilled with that. Yeah, but they don't want to spend money. Not yet. No, not yet. I, I have, I have kind of. I have high hopes. I don't know that I have faith. I have high hopes that um, after this coming season, we get some of these pitchers, a couple of them, let's hope, are the real deal. Um, maybe uh, Riley, is it Riley Green, mm-hmm. is a hitter. Uh, maybe they sign a couple free agents. And one of these guys that we saw last year 
improves, mm-hmm. and suddenly they become at least competitive in the Central. Corey, do you want to make your uh, win-loss prediction right now? No, no, no. You it's know? too early for that. Too I, too early. You know I like to do I, that. Listen, I, <laughs> I predict they will not lose 114 or more. I don't think they'll lose a hundred this year. It would be, t- it would but be, I think it will be close. It'll be very disheartening if they got, if they got close to the record that they had this year or did worse. Uh, it would be very disheartening in in the sense that at that point, I do judge Garden Hire, and I start questioning Al Avila's real intentions of what he wants to do. Now, granted, he did just come out and just say, yeah, we are still about three years away, give or take, a few years yeah. away. And that's understandable. I get that of being competitive. But when you competitive to me as a team should still be able to go out there and produce runs, learn how to pitch, and communicate as a team and if there's more errors than what we had this year, I'm going to be very upset because that's fundamentals right there that you, that those co- that coaching staff should know how to teach these younger players, especially the second year with some of these younger guys coming up. Well, here's the, here's the deal: um, you can't build a Maserati out of a go kart, and they had no talent, no major league talent right. at the major league level right. this year. Mm-hmm. Once. Second baseman went down. The shortstop mm-hmm. went down. The two free agent pitchers went down. Pretty soon, it, it looked pretty pretty bad. And then your center fielder goes down. Mm-hmm. Your right fielder is now you know well we might as well get rid of our best hitter. I never so they uh, yeah. so they traded him. Now look, he wasn't a great fielder, but the guy could rake. I look, never I'm considered you, Jacoby Jones though a major oh, league. Oh, you're talking about the center fielder. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Con- I've never considered Joby- Jacoby Jones uh, as one of those guys. I could see him as possibly a utility guy, but I've never seen Jacoby well, Jones becoming a flash in the pan. Just know this, a, Trammell. He is a flash in the pan. Trammell and Whitaker. We're not great hitters their True. first year or two in the bigs. I get it. And they learn to deal with major league pitching. Mm-hmm. The uh, these, I think Jacoby Jones will continue to improve. I don't know that he's going to be a 300 hitter. Mm-mm. But you know, if he, we can get the guy to 250 with some power, I'd be and happy he can play with that. Center field. I'd be that happy. That would be with a that. huge win. But you know, we went out and got guys who are prospects, or maybe as Jim. Uh, Jim Price will say often, we don't know if they're prospects or suspects. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you looked around that infield, mm-hmm. you looked around the whole the whole stadium. I mean, the whole the whole team, from the pitching staff to the everyday players, they were they were triple A players, oh, and our best players are double A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and you can't blame Gardenhire for that. Gardenhire no. doesn't catch, doesn't go out nope. and play second or short. Nope. I don't blame him for that. But the second this this year, I I am putting him just a tiny bit under the microscope because for him to go through that year and then stay positive and and go out and fight for his team, which he did a lot because I think he got ejected quite a bit, and I think he still holds the record for the manager still active right now with the most ejections <laughs> in Major League Baseball. But this coming year with the people that he has and the guys that he knows that he's going to be putting on the roster, there needs to be that. I need to see just a little bit more of a learning experience, as in if our if we actually find position players that stay in those positions and not are moving around every other game, 
the infield should start to learn how to really communicate better with each other, making those double plays like they should on easy grounders and, and everything else. Outfielders should know where they're at. I mean, I the amount of times that I saw Nico Goodrum not communicate as a center fielder to come across and get into basically left field at that time and not communicating with his left fielder, whoever that was at the time. Do, what, they, bo- do they both speak English? Yeah, Nico. Yeah, Nico does. No, I'm talking about the other guy. Oh, the other guy. I mean, who knows? But I mean, at that well, like, time, here's, here's the deal. It's um, Nico Goodrum is a very good player. Nico Goodrum might have been the best player on the team last. I season. was about to ask you over under this year for Nico Goodrum. Well, he's he's projected to be the starting shortstop this mm-hmm. year. Oh God. <laughs> You know, oh, so you're see, taking the under for Nico so, this so, year. I mean, some teams have been interested in trading for Nico Goodrum. I'm all for trading him because I think a lot of people are overvaluing him, and I think the only reason he seems good is because he's on our team right now. Well, let's talk about. We were talking about free agents. Let's talk yes. about a free agency signing the Tigers made. Yeah, Austin Romine coming to Detroit on that one-year deal. He'll be so when when they show up at spring training, it's not going to be an issue. Is Romine's uh, locker going to be right next to Miggy's? You think? No, but at the same time, it's not going to be an issue. Miggy and Austin have already spoken out about yeah, it. They both they both agree it's not going to be an issue. Do you you know we we we've had Darren McCarty on last week. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, McCarty and Chelios got along as soon as Chelios showed up? Not at the beginning. I bet they did. Oh, you did know, you think so? Because sports are, it, it's, look, we're, we're on the team, you know? We'll figure this out. Let's go make it happen. Now, having said that, I don't know if Avasiel Garcia and Prince Fielder would have been happy together, but there was some personal stuff there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was personal between Romine and Cabrera, I think no, it was, it was very. It was a very heated uh, series mm-hmm. between the Yankees. I mean, you knew it because Fulmer was, you know, throwing in on and protecting his guys, and they were hitting our guys. And McCann got hit in the head, and then you know it just started going back and forth. So it was a very heated debate. And then when you're throwing at Cabrera, who does not take kindly to that, and is and it will be your friend on the field, and is very well spoken in in the MLB as a, as a player. But if you're going to start throwing at him when he's really done nothing, and then Austin, you're going to get in his face and kind of say whatever you had to say at that moment when you knew tensions were high, do I blame Cabrera for throwing that first punch? No, I don't. I really don't. You're home home field. You're protecting your guys. You're trying to get in the way after Cabrera was just thrown at. And protecting your guys, I get that side, but... Uh, Make sure who you know you're talking to first before you start opening your mouth. Hence why I've never been a Bryce Harper fan is because how he holds himself on the field. He's a great player. Not how he holds himself, though. Who was because the pitcher that uh, Harper got in a fight with? Uh, Papelbon. Yeah, Jonathan Papelbon. <laughs> threw the helmet? No, no, no. Oh. Papelbon, this was in the dugout. Yeah, they, oh, right, the choke yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, hey, run it out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, um... I have a question for you. I want you guys to make me feel better. Okay. In the heat of the moment on the sports field, mm-hmm. have you ever gotten too intense where you got mad at somebody and yeah, are we talking said about like things you wish teammate? you hadn't said sure. or did things you wish you hadn't done? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about like at our own teammate or at at anybody? At anybody? Yeah. Tensions high. Yeah. So okay, so I'm I'm not alone. Just just checking. No. All right. Tell us about uh, this Kluber deal. 
Yeah, I don't know what the heck Cleveland was thinking. They uh, they trade Corey Kluber and Cash to the Texas Rangers for Delano DeShields and a right-handed pitcher by the name of Emmanuel Clase, who right now is is number 23 as a Cleveland prospect. So um, uh, Kluber's gone. Yeah. Um, Bauer was traded Kipnis last year. Kipnis is gone. Yeah. Bauer's gone. Yeah, they could bring back Kipnis. If they Encarnacion want, was gone last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Um, I mean, they they have... oh uh, the guy uh, our, the right fielder Puig. No, 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 for Cleveland Puig. But the the he uh, he's this bench player. Uh, Chisinau's gone. Chisinau, oh, okay, yeah. Chisinau tears the Tigers up. I'm uh-huh. just, just saying. Okay, so you don't think that was a smart trade? The Indians aren't going anywhere I mean, this year. They 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 did announce that they pretty much did it as a as a salary dump, but even as a salary dump, that's a horrible return. So what's going on in baseball? It's that, a... that it has become totally uh, a a business. Disregard the fans. Don't try to put the best team on the field possible. I don't even think that's the issue with at least at least with this move. The issue with this move is is that the Texas Rangers GM just completely got the better of Cleveland. Yeah. If you're the Cleveland Indians, you have Corey Kluber, who when healthy is an ace on any team except for maybe now the Yankees, the Astros, a few a few teams in Major League Baseball. But we we've talked about this before, where we've said that. The Indians are kind of starting to be going on a slight decline. Yes. But it's kind of like in my head when I saw this trade that, yeah, they're dumping cash, they're getting rid of, they're trying to find something else. In my head, it was kind of like how when we knew, and I think we were a little bit too late on Verlander to get rid of him, but. Well, nobody would take his contract before. True. But I think at the same time, like. I just I don't think with the moves that the Indians are trying to do right now because they're still technically you could say they're still competitive in, in our in our division. We're a very weak division uh, in all in all aspects because Minnesota keeps going like this, you know, each and every year. Kansas City is going to stay down here for a bit, but they've always learned how to rebuild. Tigers, we're just we don't know what we're doing. And then we have the Chicago White Sox, who made some pretty big moves this year, but last year they weren't doing anything. So, you know, it's for me uh, getting rid of Kluber, and then the return was terrible. But we know about bad returns when it comes to you know trades and whatnot let's in just, the Tigers let's organization. Just put it this way. If the Tigers would have made, if let's say Corey Kluber was a Tiger and mm-hmm. we would have made this deal, that and, Mike, and, Mike, Il- and Mike Illich was still alive, uh-huh. Al Avila would have lost his job a minute later. True. And honestly, the Indians, they're trying to kind of do a rebuild, but not completely rebuild. Mm-hmm. There's talk that if they trade Francisco Lindor, they're going to be asking the world for him. Mm-hmm. You should have been doing that with Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber is set to make seventeen and a half million this year. That's not a lot for a starting pitcher of his caliber. Sure, sure. 18, Especially in eight, light of the contracts we've seen this exactly. last mm-hmm. couple and weeks. Eighteen million next year. He's you got two years out of him for thirty five and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. That is a steal if you're Texas. I don't know what Cleveland's thinking. You're well, thinking if you trade Lindor, and they're thinking you know Dodgers want him bad. They're going to be able to get. Gavin Lux, who's 
going to become a stud shortstop if he develops and turns out to what he is expected to. You maybe get a catching prospect because uh, the Dodgers have a bunch of catchers already that are developed and are young. If I'm the Dodgers and I want Lindor, I'll offer you a catcher. I'll offer you Gavin Lux. I'm not offering you Dustin May. A Dustin May could turn out to be better than a Corey Kluber. And I'm not sure that I can re-sign Francisco Lindor after I get him. So why am I going to trade him to you? Hmm. I think Cleveland is overthinking that they're going to get the biggest return on Francisco Lindor. And if they don't get takers, they know they're going to have to trade him eventually Mm -hmm. because they're not going to spend the money to keep him. They they may have screwed themselves over with this Kluber deal. They could have. I mean, it, it it's just to me, it's always the in my head. Well, how I see baseball, and to your to your question, Jess, of what we're seeing with Major League Baseball now, it's we have teams that are win now ready, like the Angels, the move on Steve on on Joe Madden, Steve Madden, Joe Madden, and then the move that to get. Um, uh, your guy, Rendon. Rendon, thank you, or uh, how uh, how Ian likes to call him, Randon. Um, it's the win now mentality, and we've known that for a long time. Or the rebuild, or the guys that are just complacent and just saying we're just going to try to stay competitive or and not make any moves and not make any waves. And from a GM's point of view and from an owner's point of view, it's really just I guess where you want to fall in between those lines. And it's how much money you really well, want to waste. If, if you look at the Tigers, mm-hmm. that's my issue. Yeah. You know, I don't think this town is clamoring, oh, you've got to be you've got to be in the hunt for the World Series for mm-hmm. for the playoffs. If they had been competitive this year, mm-hmm. just competitive. Put some freaking major leaguers on yeah. the field. Uh-huh. These guys weren't ready. Nope. We you could have got, made some pretty big moves that would have had some and not had to pay much. Yeah, and, to me, we wouldn't have. Well, to. and and trying to defend Avila on the on the you know the Jordy Mercer and the Harrison and uh-huh. none of it worked out. No. I mean, the two pitchers, none of it worked no. out. Relying on Grayson Griner and John Hicks, John Hicks had a horrible season. Yeah, they, <laughs> and everybody looked awful. Mm-hmm. The Zimmerman move was the, probably the worst move in my mind. That that well, yeah. To look, me, that was a that was a ter- that's a terrible. That's going to go down look, as a bad. He could have been something if he were healthy. Could've the been. guys had success. And I mean, I, I agree with you, Jess, on the Jordan Zimmerman. He could have been great. I honestly put the blame not on Jordan Zimmerman. I put it on the Tigers' medical staff. They rushed him back after a neck injury. Yeah. You, you don't think you use your neck when you pitch? Yeah. You don't think it twists weird? Mm-hmm. I mean, he should have been shut down that year for those the guys rest are, of the year. Those guys are brutal when they deliver yeah. the ball. Yeah. I mean, they, just brutal. Mm-hmm. They brought him back, and of course it got worse. Mm-hmm. But I do want to point out, yes, we had a terrible year. Yes, the product on the field wasn't good. But I get... I get kind of irritated when I hear Tiger fans complaining about the product on the field. And it's because I don't think they understand what a prop what? What, a proper, <laughs> what a proper rebuild entails. If you were a Houston Astros fan eight years ago, you probably thought your team was a dumpster fire. You still had talent on the field, though. Altuve's, you had... No, no. Altuve, his first few years, he was an average player. Well, let's just put it that way. He was an average player. 
We now, didn't have average players now, this year, Now, of course, though. he is your superstar, and sure. a lot of players want to be exactly like him. But you had years where your pitching staff, you had no idea who half the names were. And it would change every year. But they did it right. They drafted well. They signed key pieces mm-hmm. to you know to block for a year and sure. say, okay, now we got a guy who can come up in a year. Mm-hmm. But for this year, we're going to get somebody for very cheap to just plug in there for the year. So is this like, you know, we're in a car town here. Mm-hmm. Is this like starting your company and building really crappy cars like Kia's used to be till you get to the point where you know what you're doing and you build a nice car? Mm-hmm. Is that what this is? I, I don't know that. I mean, I, I think that's go a good that analogy, but that's a good analogy. Listen, I, to me, it's a good analogy. The, how how can your minor leagues be as bad as the guys we saw last season? Because of the contracts uh, and what we got rid of. Unless you're Baltimore, there's one other team in baseball that's been this horrible. I mean, it, it, I love. I'm a Tiger fan. I love it. Oh, it yeah. kills me. And my wife made me watch every game. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm. I Donna, watch, why would you do that? To we him? trade for a guy, put him in right field, and he can't catch a fly ball. Uh-huh. We put a guy behind the plate who's not ready to be in the big leagues, and he can't hit his weight. Mm-hmm. You know, we we got a guy at third base who was all that in a bag of chips a year right. ago. He can't catch the ball over there. We put him at first, and he can't hit the ball. Right. It's it's just there's something wrong in a business, mm-hmm. and baseball's a business. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. Look, it's a business. So I I don't have to patronize it. No. You know. I don't have to patronize it if they're going to put junk on the field. Exactly. And these guys aren't bad people. This is not personal no, no, toward no, no, any no, no, of these no. players. It's professional. It's professional. Look, all those guys are incredible baseball players, but they're not major league quality no. baseball players. And if I want to see minor leagues now, I'm going to go to, I'm going to, go to Toledo. I might take a trip to Erie. Yeah. Might Come to Grand Rapids. A, might even take a trip to, to Connecticut to see who are they now. Uh, they're no longer actually in Connecticut. They are the Norwich Sea Unicorns. That there you was go. what the fan vote resulted in. So, Yay, is Sea this, Unicorns, is this a.k.a. Like, the Norwals. Is this like That's we vote for, for politicians? Oh, this guy will cause trouble. Let's pick the Norwals. <laughs> <laughs> Up I don't know, but well, the they, jerseys. I'm very, I'm very interested to see what the jerseys and the mascots going to be. I mean, they, what were your other choices? Right? Uh, I believe Salty Dogs, Salty Dogs. Yeah, we 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 named them off over the su- uh, over the summer when I like Salty Dogs. That sounded tough. There were fi- there were five options, um, and people went with the yeah. unicorns. This is what happens when you give power to the people. Well, speaking of power, <laughs> what the heck happened in Texas to their stadium? Yeah, caught on fire. How did that happen? <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> Who knows? All I remember <laughs> is I saw a video of Joey Gallo in uh, in this in the new stadium about two weeks ago hitting home runs, and I'm like, the stadium doesn't look like it's going to be done by opening day. It didn't. So do you, it, it still do you looks see like it was under construction. Here? Is this a conspiracy to to justify the delay of the opening of the stadium? <gasps> I, I don't think it is, but I honestly, when I saw those videos of him ho- hitting home runs, I'm like, that stadium's not going to be done. 
you know, my opening day. We had Chuck Helpy on here a few weeks ago talking about the assassination of President Kennedy and all the conspiracy mm-hmm. theories. Mm-hmm. So I'm a you child. You think it was an inside job? I'm a child of that era. Yeah. I see everything as a conspiracy. Okay. I hadn't thought of that. Wait, so it's an inside wh- job. Then what's the conspiracy theory of why the Tigers, in everybody's opinion, are so bad? Oh, that's just because Dave Dombrowski left us with a dumpster fire, so that's that's my theory on it all. I don't know. I want to talk about Toledo, though, because if you look at this upcoming year, mm-hmm. and I know people are going to say, the Tigers are going to suck again this year. They're so far off from winning. This is what your rotation in AAA more than likely will look like to start the year. Bo Burrows, Casey Mize, Matt Manning... Kyle Funkhauser, possibly Tariq Skubal, or Alex Fayed. Hey, if that, if that if that's the top five rotation going into um, opening day in AAA, you're going to see Burroughs, you're going to see Mize, you're going to see Manning by the end of 2020 on the Tigers. You're, and, you're going so- to see a, a Skubal, you're going to see a Fayedo by the latest early 2021. I think Tiger fans need to realize they need to they need to educate themselves on what we have in the minor leagues. Because yeah. yeah, you can criticize everything that right now is at the major leagues mm-hmm. because they didn't play well. Right. They're also not supposed to be up there right now, and I do blame Dave Dombrowski mm-hmm. on, wh- on, on why we are so bad. Yeah, and Boston thankfully has been able to keep key pieces so that they're relevant for another two, three years at the most. So to make room for these prospects, do we trade Boyd? I mean, I'm all for trading Boyd, and actually the LA Angels have expressed interest in him. It's just Al Avila's got to bring down his asking price. He won't, but he's got to. My theory is, is that Boyd will be dealt before the start of the year. This is another crazy... Corey theory, but that's just my theory on it because, yeah, the way their direction we're moving, and yes, I do blame Dom, Dave Dombrowski. The way that Dave Dumb Dumb Dombrowski, he depleted our farm system so hard and made the key moves for a win now situation, which I can't argue with the man because we were winning and we got in the playoffs and we took the central and we knew how we were doing and we got but in that, we, but but we knew what was going to happen though. Yeah, I know. But that still doesn't help the fact that now, because we suck on the field completely, it doesn't make it better for me. Because he could have done it differently. We could have said no. There was a chance that there would have been... We could have held on to somebody. And the way that he did those last deals to get auspices in here for four years, that wasn't Al Avila's thing. To, for him to make these trades and and then basically say okay bye that's it all right hope you guys have fun with my with my I, mistakes I, that I, I made okay, look it, it, there has to be some if you if you're in business mm-hmm. there's some re- research and development yeah there's some kind of uh, a reserve account we've had in the yeah. banks right where the heck were our our uh, Scouts. I yeah, mean, that's a good question. We, we're not talking hey. about. We're talking about absolutely nothing what, at the minor uh, league level. Why the heck I did mean, we not scout for bullpen pieces? I do want to point out though, with the scouts, look at who we traded though. 
A guy like Eugenio Suarez, a guy like Hernan, the scouts did their job. The scouts did their job. And, and Dave Dombrowski was a throw-in to that trade. Yes, mm-hmm. and Dave Dombrowski took what the scouts did and proved that the scouts were right. Sure. Except they're now all playing for other teams. Mm-hmm. The only trade I was fine with who we dealt was when we got Miguel Cabrera. I was, you know, fine. Okay, we traded Andrew Miller, who would go on to become a great bullpen arm. Sure. But we got a lot more out of Cabrera than I think we would out of right. would have out of Andrew Miller. But you, uh, this, well, who else did we get with Cabrera? Dontrell Willis. How many losses did that cost? <laughs> not not as many as people think, and that's, well, and that's the funny thing. He I, was one of the better left-handed pitchers at the time. We yeah. can, we can relate to him because he's a lefty. We have terrible mechanics too. Yeah. Right? I mean, we had fi- at one point we had five aces mm-hmm. in our stack that were all right-handers. Yes, and nobody did. We need five right-handers all in our stack that we mm-hmm. went to a World Series with, and we didn't win still. Wait, Porcello, Fister. Okay, you're going before Price. I'm about yeah, to say yeah. Price no, no, is no, a no, lefty. no. That Price, that actually, that move. Now that I look back on it, I really wish we didn't actually trade for Price. Uh, for me, I don't think that was really necessary. Why? Can I ask why? Um, because the only name you gave up in that deal, if there that was, has made any impact, has maybe been Avicio Garcia. He gave up him, and he gave up Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley hasn't done squat for the for Price. Yes. Right, right, right. But I don't think we needed Price in. In our system, because it was kind of like short term. We knew what we were kind of just like short term on. And honestly, for a pitcher like Price, who has been a playoff bust in his entire career, there's mm-hmm. no argument with that. You look at the numbers, his playoff career is terrible. He doesn't win playoffs or World Series. The team around him does, and he's a workhorse in, uh, for 162 games. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think we really needed to make that trade because he was just kind of here and there, and then and then and then gone, and that was it. And he had to deal with Osmus, who was he, he needed a manager that was going to push him to the next level. If we it, when we got to those playoffs, Osmus was not that that manager in my mind that could manage a Verlander, a Price. Uh, who else did we have at that time? Um, uh, Scherzer. Scherzer at that time. I mean, nobody, guys nobody that needed the push. Scherzer, a Sparky yeah. Anderson, a Jim Leland, somebody that was going to say, get your butt out on the field, pitch your game until your arm's about to fall off. Osmus would walk around and be like, oh, well, hi, hi, David. Uh, hi, Justin. Uh, uh. I mean, at that time, now that I look back on it, if we had Leland still here when, when, when Price was coming over and we had that thing, I think Leland would have pushed him to a new level of competitiveness because Osmus just couldn't. He couldn't. So that's why I'm saying that trade was a bust for me because Price didn't have the tools, I think, around him to take him to that next level. I would like to point out, though, that I don't think the Tigers would have won that division, that the division that oh, year, right. sure. without David Price. Sure. And then you. But go, then what happened in the first round? You know, I, re- I really don't care that he he's a postseason bust. You don't get to the postseason if you, do, if you don't have the talent. Right. Right. At that point, you were in you were in a race. Mm-hmm. You needed the talent. You gave up minimal. You got the talent, and then you turn around and you trade him for yes. Daniel Norris has been injured and been a disappointment, but oh, Matthew Boyd has been a surprise. Yeah, Matthew mm-hmm. Boyd was not the headliner in that no, deal. No, he wasn't. And now, if you do trade Matthew Boyd, and I think they will, but I think a little different than you. I think they'll trade him right after spring yeah. training. Okay. I think they'll look and see what other teams have. 
and who they had at But before training. the start of the season. Yes. Okay. You mentioned Avasel Garcia in mm-hmm. that deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he has just signed a deal, or he's reportedly yep. signed a deal with the Brewers. Yep. Mm. Two, two years, $20 million. Um, and, and the Brewers need some power in the outfield because of injury, right? I mean, Yelich. Yeah, he'll be back though. By do you by see him having the season that he had this no. year, minus the injury? Are, are we talking Yelich? Yeah, Yelich. Yeah, I mean Yelich is a five-tool player. He'll mm-hmm. he'll come back whether he comes back you know early on or more towards the All-Star break. Sure, he'll hit over three hundred. He'll hit twenty plus so bombs. Is, he'll drive in sixty guys yeah. on a shortened season. This is this is kind of a stopgap for Yelich. And a guy that they hope is going to give them some power, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The only thing I don't like about this deal is that he goes to an NL team. I think if he's yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you. He's, he's not, not an he's an outfielder, but he's not not an NL outfielder. He is an AL outfielder that you throw into DH eighty percent of the time. Totally agree with you on that. Um, totally agree with you but, on that. But even with that, his numbers for a guy who was supposed to hit for high average. Hit for high power. He's had one year where he's done that. Was one that the year. year with the Tigers? No, that was the year with uh, Chicago a few, like two or three years back, uh, when he hit like 25 homers, drove in about 90, hit around 280. You're lucky if you get 260 to 270 with 20 homers and 80 RBIs. I forget. Is, Let is, me ask you a question about playing in the NL. What's the difference for a hitter in the NL? Is it? Do they throw more breaking balls because the pitcher knows he's probably not going to be in there the whole game? That I mean, that's not the way I look at it. The, I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah, the way I look at it is in a case of like uh, of an obvious Al Garcia. He his body, he's going to wear down, and that's the thing. When you're a player and you're struggling in the field, they tell you not to take it to the plate. But because a lot of baseball players are so in their head about everything, mm-hmm. trust me, he makes an error. He if he leads off the next inning, he could watch three fastballs go right down the middle and probably not hit one. Right, he could play for us. And and the, <laughs> and the thing is, the, with the NL, you have to be able to have confidence in your defense. You have to be able to play defense. I don't think he can. I don't think he has the confidence to play in the National League as an outfielder and hit for average and power. Hmm. Does he still have the speed he had? The guy was pretty fast. Yeah, he was big. He was big on the bags. Fast I don't know if he's for, right for now. His size but for sure. I don't think he's. Well, we'll see how he handles a 162 game season as a. Okay, full we'll time. see. All right. Well, it's time again for you to ask us one of these silly questions that yeah. I, that I never get right. Corey, get this one right. Oh, tell us what you asked us last week. I don't have the one I okay, asked no last mind. week. Uh, so the one for this week, though, is if a runner is hit by a fair batted ball, whether they are on a base or not, what is the result of the play? Oh, I know this one. Do you? I think. And then also, what happens if it's an infield infield fly rule? Wait, what? So first, first question uh-huh. is, runner is hit by a fair batted ball, whether they are on the base or not. What is the result of the play? Okay. They also include in this rule, if it's a if the if it's called an infield fly, and the ball still hits the base runner. Okay, hold on. Uh, 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 my, you want my answer? Yep. The runner's out. Uh-huh. On which part? Both. Okay. And the batter is also out uh-huh. on the infield fly. 
Uh-huh. Okay, Corey, what's your answer? I was actually just about to say that, and I wrote it down too, so you know I'm not cheating. Runner is out. So if I've a, never seen so it happen. If, where if, an depending on, on, on the on the bag, or or he's in motion or off the bag, uh, and he gets hit by a, the the ball that the batter hit, he's the bat. The runner is out uh, due to interference, I believe, and then the batter is out. That's I think for that first part. Okay. That's what my prediction. The my batter's prediction. out if the runner's hit by the ball. Yes, and then the. Second one to infield. The infield fly, (laughs) the batter is out. Okay. Yep. I can I can tell you that both of you have the first one right. Oh no. Well, the second one neither one of you have right. Oh. So if if the runner is hit by the batted ball. So here's the rule. And it's It's, an infield fly. The batter's out, and everybody goes back. Nope. So here's the rule. And it's rule 7.08F. A runner is out when they are hit by a fair batted ball, whether they are on the base or not. So they have mm-hmm. to be physically on the base or physically in fair territory. Right. Okay, so we got that. That one is correct, except when the infield fly rule is called. In that case, they are not out if the ball, if, if hit by the ball while on the base because they have oh, okay. the right to the base. Yep. So, in that sense, only the batter is out due to it already being the infield fly But what if the guy's not on the base? If he's not on the base and it hits him, then he would be out, but in this scenario, he is on the base. So, if he's not on the base, he's hit by a ball, and and there's an infield fly. Correct. He's out. What about the batter? Isn't he out also? He's already out, yeah. Okay. So that was my thinking. It was that he was. I didn't think about him being on the base. Well, infield fly roll, you really should be on the base. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't, you don't, don't play don't, with the guys <laughs> I play with. Don't be off the base. Come on. Common sense. Hey, uh, it, that flew by, didn't it? Woo! Hey, thank you, Angel, Stephen, Kelsey, and Cole for taking such good care of us. And thank you, Corey and Ethan. Always yeah. a pleasure. Thank you, Corey. I don't know about Ethan. Hey, this is Jess Monticello for NRMStreamcast.com and Baseball Mainly saying. Let's play two. Happy holidays.